Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup of coffee and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith. And I'm Dave, a modern-day sage. We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time. Thanks for joining us. Today's metaphysical credible thought is on seeking and being a seeker. Seeking has so many different definitions or ideas attached to it. These include going in search of something or looking for it, trying to discover whatever is needed or missing, requesting or asking for something which can be very difficult for some of us, or making an attempt at something, i.e., trying to accomplish something and facing the possibility of success or failure. In essence, seeking is all about going on a quest, a voyage of discovery, to find something that you didn't even know you needed until you located. As witches, we identify ourselves as seekers. We seek knowledge about all sorts of things because it is something that interests us, or it may lead to further personal growth. We seek who we are today and how we got to this point based on our past actions and feelings. We like knowing the why behind the who and how the past can continue to impact us in the present, for good or ill. We also seek ways in which we can alter our present to create the best future for ourselves. Finally, we seek what our personal great work calls us to do next and what it will grow to become. A major part of learning is about the best balance between the magical and mundane in everything around us and all that we do as part of our spiritual practices and our day-to-day lives. Okay, we're moving on to a new section and moving away from some of the heavier topics we've been covering in our metaphysical kernels of plot. And we've kind of grouped them together as they relate to different sections or stanzas of the creed. We are seekers of knowledge about all sorts of topics because of interest or that may lead to further personal evolution. Of whom we are today based on our past actions and feelings, how this continues to impact our lives in the present, either positively or negatively. And ways in which we can alter this present for an optimal future of what our personal great work will continue to grow to become, of finding the best balance between the magical and mundane in all things. And that kind of got expanded onto our metaphysical kernel of thought topic for tonight before we go anywhere else. When you think about it, witches and pagans in general to be seekers of knowledge of all sorts of things. We tend to be voracious readers or we're on the internet deep diving about information of all kinds and varieties whenever we want to or have a need or just want to friggin' know. Well, and I think something that sets our ilk apart, I don't like to be exclusionary, but something that sets us apart from some other faiths or traditions is the fact that we accept that we want the broadest 
possible information that we can get. We actively want to get things from dozens of different resources and formulate our own mantra and our own system. And we sort of lean directly against anything that tells us that it must be the singular source of knowledge or of truth or of anything. I think we recognize that there is a great value in having a broader viewpoint of it. I would agree. And that what we know is always subject to revision based on new information. It's Absolutely. Not like we come up with our ultimate truth and that's it and forevermore and done. Well, the only ultimate truth is this moment right now, because I, I am already distorting things that I remember from the past, and I am pre-being anxious about things that I'm going to do in the future. Well, of course, but when you think about it in, in a broader perspective of knowledge, we refuse to accept limits. Sure. And we are also willing to have that great unknown be part of our answer. Well, we want to know what else and, and what else. Yeah, we want yeah. to continue. We, we have that thirst for understanding. And, and that is probably one of the textbook definitions of seeker, I would imagine. Oh, I think so. More than anything else is we're and we're always willing to go on the next great adventure, for want of a better, better word. It's not like we go from we go on one quest and we're done. <laughs> You know, there's well, a new quest or a backtrack or another path over that way. So maybe we should go down next kind of thing. It's so funny that you that you bring that up, because when you say the next great adventure, there's for me a second level here to the whole concept of being a seeker, because it can also be in the short term a helpful thing for me to think of myself as a seeker. For example, you know, when I start to have issues with memory or with focus or or being present or whatever, if I tell myself that I am going upstairs for a particular thing or I'm going downtown to accomplish a particular goal or what have you and see that as that is my focus i am a seeker that is my quest that i am working on and really i don't need to pay attention too much to other things it actually helps me become so much more present in anything that i'm doing if i sort of there, there's like a zen buddhism where i am in this moment and i am loving and grokking the scrubbing of my dishes so i th i think there's some seeker potential in that just in realizing that we are in a quest from moment to moment as well as from week to week and from year to year I think that is a perfect way to describe it because we talk about in in the in today's topic that we want that balance between the magical and mundane the best we can manage it all the time as part of our everyday lives and as you said when you're grokking your dishes <laughs> you've got that moment of balance yeah you know, it's not going to last because we both know how long balance, true balance lasts, that ideal that we want. But that doesn't stop us from seeking it in the next moment. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and you know, it all comes back down to gaining enough knowledge of self-awareness is a big part of being a seeker, too.
is recognizing that I have a past where I did these things and I made these choices, and this is what I lived through that got me to here. Now where am I going? Yep. Now, and now where am I going next? And recognizing, okay, there's I can't change the past, and I don't want to at this point because I wouldn't be me sitting here talking to you. I would right. be me if I went back and, you know, relived the mistakes of many years ago and fixed them. I wouldn't have the knowledge that creates the person I am now. And having that awareness, I can put the stuff down that doesn't work anymore and be more focused in the present and recognize that I have ultimately the ability to create any future I can come up with in the present moment. I'm just going to segue only for a moment to say that I, for one, am incredibly grateful for every suffering and every lesson that you've gone through just because you've become a, a very dear and, and, and wise friend for me. Right back at you. <laughs> Even if we do get into arguments over the right color of pink. <laughs> well, there is a wrong color of pink. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. What we're, what we're laughing about since the cat's out of the bag here is Elizabeth has her first novel getting ready to come out. Um, I think print copies are already ready and it's in the works to also have a Kindle version. Mm -hmm. um, and we went back and forth and back and forth over the color of pink that she chose for her novel, her first novel. So if you get a chance, you know, get a hold of us in Patreon or Discord or whatever, go pick up a copy of the book and then tell us whether you're uh, yes or no on that pink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you're on the spot. <laughs> oh, thank you. Just so you know, it is called Home Place. I wanted to let you give the title. Absolutely. I Every place. That. I am trying to, to not have heart palpitations over putting the characters that I've been living with for the last, I don't know how long in my head out there in the world for other people to hopefully care about as much as I do. Just a spoiler alert for those folks. Yes, I have um, been fortunate enough to read the, the manuscript copy of it. And uh, it's also going to be the beginning of what's probably going to be a set of serials or what have you. So even knowing that it's a pilot, um, wonderful book. And uh, I definitely recommend it. Well, thank you for those kind words, sir. But the idea is I that's the ultimate example of creating a future. Sure. Because you saw an idea of you making a book and that you were then a seeker. What do I need to learn to become a published author? And you mm -hmm. you took that on for you and Susie, and now you've taken care of it for yourself as well. Yeah, which is kind of exciting and odd. And yeah, and, absolutely. You know, and, and I like the idea of. Okay, this may sound crazy. The balance I am creating between writing fiction and nonfiction. Because to me, the, the fiction writing is a very magical thing. And the books that we write about our practice, even though they are focused on magic and the practice of witchcraft, to me, they are created more from a mundane writing mindset. For I, I can agree with that. Absolutely. They are yeah. more practical and informational <laughs> than they are spirited yeah yeah i get thank you that is a good way to put that and i like identifying myself as a seeker 
it gives me a jumping sure. point to have all sorts of conversations with people about what do you do as a witch? I'm a seeker, damn it. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and, that, and the perfect follow-on question is, so what am I seeking today? And yeah. that, I think that's a I think that's a wonderful way to say it. I think so. I think we need that sort of thing in our lives. Whether it's part of our spiritual practice or something we want to learn about that's really mundane focused. Yeah, learn something new every day. I think so. And do a deep dive into it if you feel called to do so. That's the best part is we are we don't limit ourselves that way. Well, that's, that's part of being a seeker is for those moments when you are just sort of lost in the research and whatnot. Um, you are very present because you're you're forgetting about the, the mundane around you and you're in that sort of acolyte mode. I think so. I like the word acolyte, too. I think that's a good way to describe it. You know, I also like to think that I am in constantly searching for the next aha moment where there's other, well, other things that I've learned about suddenly dovetail and make sense. I'm going to use your own metaphor back on you just for the laugh of it, but while you're waiting for that next aha moment, you need to be more watchful for those cosmic two by fours. <laughs> yes, I know. That's usually when I get hammered by one when I'm waiting. Yeah, I think I think yeah. we've gone off the silly end for this week. So <laughs> that's okay, though. Sometimes you need that silly end. You know, the mundane world has its own version of a cosmic two by four. It seems to clamor me very regularly at the moment. So just the fact that we can take time to be silly is awesome. Sure, sure. And it gives you a chance to, to remember that through everything else that you're going through, you one of the things that you are always seeking is peace. You know, a moment to take a breath and not do anything but take that breath. Exactly. And I was thinking, too, in terms of seeking the way to make the world around us a better place. I think that's another seems to be a function of a witch. Yep. Is we is we're trying to, to not just improve ourselves, but improve our personal environment. And I have this energy. How can I add it to the greater community? Sure. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a big part of being a seeker. I, I think everybody has their own take on what being a seeker entails. And they're all equally valid. Certainly. And while we talk about being a seeker in nebulous terms, it also requires that personal discipline. As a writer, I have to make that commitment to sit down and produce something every day. And when I'm involved in the fiction writing, I have a goal of a certain number of words per day. Now I may go back tomorrow and look at that and say half of it's crap and delete it and go back to where I was. But I made the effort to be involved in that creative process. Sure, or, I do the same thing. Uh, my metaphor is as a musician, you know, when I hear a song that I want to learn that song, all right, I'm going to have to put the work in and the hours in. Um, but once I, I, I know that song, then I feel joy when I play that song. Oh, exactly. It's it's the whole idea. Or if you are researching a particular topic and you know it's a very complicated one, 
part of that is breaking it down into chunks so sure. that you have a certain and you you can mini vote. quests yeah mini quests as it were that you can every day add a little bit more i'm gonna stay alive today i'm gonna try to be handy and helpful to someone yeah yeah little mini quests sure mini quests yeah i like the idea of mini quests because I would love to have anybody who's listening email me at Elizabeth at Two Young Crones with their ideas for potential mini quests or things that they've realized that they have done as a mini quest and never knew what to call it. I can't reach you, baby girl, but our uh, our guest Pat, the the original okay. Susie's familiar, has just come down and deigned with our presence. So. Um, I like to point it out when she comes in the room we're recording because I like to believe that it's Susie stepping in to uh, give us a little bit of love over our shoulder. So I wanted to let you know that Gitsy's in the house here. Yes, and at some point you'll have to post a picture of Gitsy's on our website or Discord. That's a very, very good idea. I don't know that I have any pictures of me <laughs> with the cat. Uh -huh. It might just be have to be a picture just of the cat. I don't know. <laughs> Keeping in mind my profile for the last 10 years has been me and my dog, so. <laughs> I get it, you know. You have inherited being a cat person, which is not something I think you anticipated on your voyage as a seeker. How do I coexist with an animal that won't play back? She is, the truth is, just as sweet as Susie was. Oh, yeah. I know she just is. Just got to come to understand each other. That's all. After a year and a half, I don't even go through nearly that much peroxide anymore. There you go. That's always that's always excitement. You know. All right. Be a seeker. Inspire those around you to seek their own answers. It's a better world when we're all trying to learn something. I guess maybe that's the, the distill it down to the core. I think so and be willing to listen to what other people are learning and don't go down the rabbit holes of social media where you only hear one side of something. Well, and yeah, every everyone is seeking their own adventure or their own journey, and that's, that's something that's sacred to them. Allow them that, yep. And I think the other piece is be willing and it broadens our perspectives when we hear what other people are up to absolutely absolutely god if i had no, nobody to to listen to except the voices in my head oof, what a world <laughs> oh god yes i agree i so. used to live there i i know better now i i listen to the birds and what the traffic has to tell me and i it's even tolerate cats it's a much safer place for both of us. I think if right. we get outside of our own heads enough. Yeah. And for everyone else, because then we discover our commonalities instead of our differences. That's a good point. That's a good point. You need some, you meet some of the neatest people when you, you have parallel quests. I would agree. And that sounds like a good place to kind of wrap it up today. Well, you know, not for nothing, it actually applies to you and I, because had it not been for you being friend to Susie and whatnot, you and I wouldn't be in this chair, if not for the fact that we were at one time and still are the same seekers that we were the day we met. I think so. And that's I, a very uh, cool place to be. 
I'm happy to be this far along the adventure and still have you on the same path as I. Yep. Or at least a parallel one. Most right. of the time. <laughs> you know, it works. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I think we'll wrap it up there and I will tell people, like I always do, may you find mirth and reverence in all things. Be safe, be kind, and be loved. Witch stones are a divination tool we created as part of our practice that deals with what we call concrete stones, specific types and kinds of energy, and conceptual stones, things and ideas about witchcraft, which can be read with either a seen or an unseen meaning. Recently, we have developed a set of oracle cards using this information. We would like to introduce you to one of these stones right now. Today's witch stone spotlight topic is the second four physical concepts within the concept cards. The 16 concept cards are divided into two sets of eight, mental concepts and physical concepts. Each set of eight has a two-colored border relating to both the elements and to the concept of as above, so below, and as below, so above. The physical concepts move from below to above with red or fire on the bottom and gray or water on top. The fire element is associated with works of creativity and inspiration, which can lead to the water element where the flow of actions takes over. While we've already talked about the individual characteristics of these four physical concept cards, today we're looking at how they can relate to the energies, projective and receptive, the corresponding time of the year in our year cycle, their moon phase, and each is unique actions to results for those of us on the path. Our second four physical concept cards are Stang and Broom, Blue Moon, Black Cat, and Spider Web. All four of these physical concept cards, and indeed all eight of this set, again lead to a process from the element of fire using works of creativity and inspiration to the element of water, where the flow of actions takes over. The Stang and Broom card represents a physical concept with both projective and receptive energies. Its solar cycle timing is associated with either, or excuse me, both the light and the dark halves of the year, while its lunar cycle corresponds to both the full and the dark or new moons. The actions to results for the Stang and Broom card are magic to manifestation and energy to grounding. The Blue Moon card represents a physical concept with projective energies. Its solar cycle timing is associated with either the light or the dark half of the year, depending upon when it occurs, while its lunar cycle corresponds to the full moon. The actions to results for the Blue Moon card are goal to manifestation. The black cat card represents a physical concept with both projective and receptive energies. Its solar cycle timing is associated with both the light and dark halves of the year, and its lunar cycle corresponds to both the full and the dark or new moons. The actions to results for the black cat card are 
creation to manifestation and transformational energy to change. The spider web card represents a physical concept with receptive energies. Its solar cycle timing is associated with the dark half of the year, while its lunar cycle corresponds to the dark or new moon. The actions to results for the spider web card are acceptance to change. They all, all four of these cards represent the process leading from the element of fire using our works of creativity and inspiration to the element of water where the flow of our actions takes over. Each has its own unique actions to results, which leads to its unique lessons. The stang and broom and black hat cards are physical concepts with both projective and receptive energies. They correspond to both the dark and the light half of the year and to both the full and the dark or new moons. The blue moon card is a physical concept with projective energies. It corresponds to either light or dark halves of the year, depending upon when it manifests, and of course to the full moon. Spiderweb is a physical concept with receptive energies. It corresponds to the dark half of the year. It corresponds to the dark or the new moon. We have heard from some of our listeners who appreciate what we are talking about in our segments, but are asking for spells or about spells. Can you give me a spell for this or that? I want to be able to fill in the blank here, find love, romance, money, etc. Since you asked, we are adding a small segment to some of our podcasts going forward that we are calling Practical Magic for the Everyday Witch. These are simple spells we use that don't require a lot of ingredients for correspondences or sometimes no ingredients at all. Because we like to be able to use magic to deal with the practical everyday stuff, this is what we have to share. However, the biggest reminder about spellcraft is that the best spells are the ones you create for yourself, because they are a part of your own magic. Actually, there are three important components to any spell. Number one is setting your intent. This means that you need to be able to state clearly and precisely what you want your spell to do and how you want it to be done. Number two is ingredients. Any physical items you need to cast your spell, such as candles or herbs, or to act as correspondences, which are representations of something physical that you don't have right in front of you or are trying to come up with or manifest. Finally, number three is some sort of way to raise energy. After all, all spells are powered by energy, and there are a number of different ways to raise this type of energy, including chanting or various movements. Here's one to find a good parking space. Obviously, this spell is for finding a decent parking space. How you define decent depends on your own needs and or purpose for parking a vehicle. If you are someone with a disabled person sticker, you know that these spaces are becoming a premium, especially around those big box stores. So here's a quick spell for finding a spot. 
this spell actually started out as a joke between those of us on the path because we call upon Asphalta for assistance. An author named Cartwright came up with the concept of found goddesses in the 1990s with the premise that modern people generate energy to get their needs met and that various goddesses arose in response. How often have you used up energy cursing or fruitlessly driving around and around looking for a spot to put the car? That's the energy we laughingly say is Asphalta, the goddess of parking. Whether or not you believe in Asphalta, it does work. Every spell needs an intent. I need a good parking space right now for whatever reason you want. Ingredients. All you need is yourself and whatever vehicle you are driving or riding in. Here is a spell chant to raise some energy. I need a parking spot right away. Asphalta, please send one without delay. The steps for the spell are simple. Before you enter a parking area, state your intent out loud, expressing why you really need a parking space. Now say the spell chant three times. Park your car in the available space you will miraculously find. After you are parked, say out loud, easy parking has been granted to me, as I will, so mote it be. And remember to thank Esfalza, the goddess of parking, for her assistance. A brief note about this spell. This only seems to work if you really need a parking spot when it's important, such as being late to a doctor's appointment. And she seems to ignore frivolous or repeated requests for multiple parking spaces in a short period of time. Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint. Just something to make your day go better, because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane. Today's tip, trick, or witchy hint is all about the importance of ritualizing the everyday in our lives. When you think about it, most of us are pretty good about remembering to celebrate sabbats and cross-quarter times, solstices and equinoxes, and moon rituals whenever we have time. We often complain that we do not have enough time in our lives to really increase our spiritual practice in ways we would like. We don't want to be considered what we call in the pagan community sometimes, those Christmas and Easter pagans, those who show up for major events, but then the everyday gets lost in the process. So here's an idea for you. Think about creating rituals to celebrate those quote-unquote secular moments that happen in our lives. I got thinking about this again this week because I have a grandchild who's getting ready to graduate from high school. The ceremony is going to be full of pomp and circumstances. In fact, he goes to an all-boys high school where they are required to wear white tuxedos and march in together, etc., 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 and they get their diplomas, and it's a major life change. Why can't we create a ritual to celebrate a moment like that? I know for me, it means another change because I have another kid who is now technically an adult, and maybe I should acknowledge that a little better. And one way I'm planning to do that is I'm sitting here this morning getting ready to write a personal ritual to acknowledge those changes for him and me and our relationship to each other. That's a perfectly legitimate reason to write a ritual. Any important moment in our lives, 
personal, private, or more public, can be celebrated using a ritual of some kind. I'm not exactly sure what it's going to be yet, but I think it's going to be a moment of private celebration for me. I may go outside morning of his graduation and acknowledge that it's a new day and a new chapter in our lives together. Whatever it's going to be, it doesn't matter. The importance is the idea behind it. You can literally ritualize any important moment in your life if you choose to do so. Ritual does not have to be only for an acknowledgement of some sort of energy shift, like the solstices and equinoxes, or the lunar cycle in some way, where you can celebrate a full moon or a dark moon or any of the phases in between. It doesn't have to be created to cast some important spell unless you want it to. You can ritualize literally any moment in your life. Are you starting a new job or did you get a promotion? How about your birthday this year? You survived another physical year of life on this planet and maybe you might want to take a moment to set some goals for yourself for the upcoming year. It doesn't have to be on quote-unquote New Year's Day to set goals for change. It can be any time. Anniversaries could be celebrated. Birthdays of your children or grandchildren. How about the arrival of a new baby? Or your own graduation from college? There are all kinds of reasons to celebrate that we create in our lives. How about when your kid passes that driver's test? You could create a ritual that will allow you to live with a little less terror at the thought of a new driver on the road. How about if a child starts school for the very first time if you have a little one at home? It's a momentous event for them and for you. You are no longer required to watch them or have a quote unquote daycare or however you want to call it for them 24 seven. They're going up and becoming a little bit more independent. Whatever the reason, think about ways you can ritualize this experience. It doesn't just have to be something which he related. And by celebrating these secular events with a ritual personal, of some sort that relates to your own spiritual practice. You are increasing your spiritual growth and development in all kinds of ways you hadn't considered before. You don't have to limit what the purpose of a ritual is in terms of something quote unquote religious or spiritual. How about just a celebration in general? You're entitled to do that. In fact, you could create a ritual to celebrate the beginning of another day if you wanted. The point is, stop limiting yourself. And that's our tip, trick, or witchy hint for today. Think outside of the box when it comes to ritual. A ritual can be a celebration of anything, and we hope you enjoy it. If you decide to create some sort of ritual and want to share it with us, you can always reach me at elizabeth at twoyoungcrones with the number two dot com or dave at twoyoungcrones dot com and share with us or join our Patreon and share on the Discord. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday, but you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrones.com. 
That's the number two, Young Crohn's. We'd love to have you join our growing online Discord community. Check out our new Patreon presence. Just look for Young Crohn's Cafe. Through Patreon, you'll be able to make it to our Discord. We are also Young Crohn's Cafe on Twitter and Facebook. Until then, remember, we are witches who work with energies to affect change. We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine. We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles. We are hedge walkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. And we are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mote it be. So mote it be. Thank you.